On today's podcast, we discuss being all things to all people. In our churches, we love to use big words. We obfuscate our pedagogy through superfluous grandiloquence, manifesting hubris instead of demureness. See what I mean? Inconceivable. While I might have a speech impediment, I certainly do not want to have a preach impediment. These get in the way of God's message reaching our hearts and minds. Let's dig through those big words and learn something incredible. Before we get started in today's topic, let me remind you to go and check out EdenHollow.com. This is the company I started to start publishing some Bible study guides and spiritual books, but we're starting to branch out into some fiction and even talking to some other authors. We'd love to have you check out what's going on at EdenHollow.com. Now let's jump into today's episode. Dan DeGarmo is a preacher in Chillicothe, Ohio, and he's been there since 2006. The church is thriving and growing constantly. And while we know God gives the increase, God gives the increase to workers. And Dan is a constant worker. He labors at several different jobs, but he keeps his primary focus on helping the church there grow. The church is full of new Christians, many of whom Dan has taught the gospel. And he continues to grow with them as they walk together in pursuit of the will of the Lord. He's married to Serena. He has eight children, one whom has already gone on to the Lord. His son lives in Texas, and he has six daughters at home. Dan is going to talk with us about being all things to all people, which is of primary concern to someone who's doing the work that Dan's doing, getting out in communities, teaching people about Jesus, and relating to them and growing an influence with them, as you labor in the work of sharing the gospel. Let's jump right in. We are going to be talking about being all things to all people. Uh, that's a phrase that, that Paul uses, and it's a, it's a phrase that's probably, while on the, the very surface level understood, from a practical level, I think people probably really struggle with it. So let's, let's go ahead and dig into that. How would you define that idea of being all things to all people? Well, let me kick the discussion off by throwing that into the context of the scripture. Um, I've got it in front of me. It's uh, 1 Corinthians 9. And Paul, for the entirety, really, of chapter 9, is just making his defense uh, as the right to be an apostle. And then you get to, and we could read all of that, but just to save time, you get to verse 19, and I think I'm using the NIV right here. He says, though I'm free and belong to no one, I've made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. And these parentheticals that are here kind of throw off the flow, but I'm going to read them. Though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law. Okay, so let me pluck that out and read 21 again. So to those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I become all things to all people, so that by all possible means, I might save some. 
I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Plucking out uh, really the words that we're going to focus on today and we wanted to talk about, uh, I become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. The examples of Paul and the examples of Jesus and their ministry work for me are the patterns that I want to follow. Okay. When I look at Jesus and I, several years ago, I did an intensive study on the interactions that Jesus had with people, primarily people that were lost. And you look at the way Paul approaches, you know, his call to preach to the Gentiles, uh, this phrase, all things to all people, so that by all po- and all possible by all possible means I may save some of them, and then I can share in the blessings of the gospel. For me, that is my theme of life in ministry, if I can say it that way. Uh, it helps to back up to who I was prior to becoming a preacher. So when I was seventeen years old, I started in sales, um, selling mobile homes in West Virginia at seventeen years old. Went to Florida College, and when I got out of Florida College and was attending Florida College, uh, off I was living off campus. I also got into more sales, a lot of phone sales. I was the the company was called Vacation Break USA, and if you ever got one of those uh, notices in the mail, it looked like you won a vacation. You actually didn't win one; you'd have to pay for it. I was the guy that answered the phone when you called in wanting your free vacation, and I had to turn the conversation into draining you of three hundred and ninety eight dollars. And then I went to door-to-door sales with MobileNet, GTE MobileNet, when I lived in Florida. Then I moved to uh, Columbus, Ohio, and I left sales and went into debt collecting. Uh, So I'm saying all this to lead somewhere, okay? So I went to debt collecting and found to be very successful at that. I was 20, 21 years old, and the company rushed me to the highest level of debt collection department. It was the recovery collection where the bank already took a loss on the money. And I, I was the one to have to find the people and to collect as much money as possible just to recoup what they've already lost. Then in that, then I was headhunted and I got hired by a cell phone company to be in their collection agency. Then I moved from the collections department to their retail sales, broke records like crazy. Then I moved to their business to business or executive sales and really did well. Okay, so if you look at that timeline. And, you know, I did a little bit of preaching here and there in that, not full time. I I look back and I see how God has led me through the uh, extended boot camp of being successful in persuasive conversation. Okay. So whether I had to talk someone in to buying something, close a deal, or get someone to give me money they owed, it all came primarily in a telephone call, but when I did door-to-door sales, it was face-to-face. And so I, you take that eight to 10 years of training in being successful in communication, I get to ministry and I get to uh, preaching and evangelism, and that's what I know. What I know is connecting with people and being able to persuade them into doing something they would typically not be inclined to do. So you throw that into the preaching mix of the evangelism mix. I look back at the 20, 20, almost 25 years that I've been preaching. Um, I'm not really your typical pulpit guy. I think I can hold my own when I preach a sermon, 
But my wheelhouse in evangelism is the face-to-face, person-to-person interaction to communicate with them in bringing them to know and to understand and to hopefully surrender to Jesus. Um, the all things to all men, if I look back on the 16, at least the 16 years, I, mean, I can even go when I was preaching in Canada and pick out examples of that up there. Here in Chillicothe, I believe what Paul is, is expressing here is that evangelism or, or sharing the gospel with people is much less about you. It's much more about them. And I think this is important. There's a difference between communication and connection. I know a lot of good communicators who are terrible at connecting with people. Okay. This all things to all people is a combination of both. It is being able to connect so that you can communicate. I have in my, and I don't want to make this about me necessarily, but just to give you examples, six years ago, I was introduced to a gentleman who was not a Christian. And this is how my mind thinks. What is he interested in? What does he like to do? Well, I found out he liked to uh, do metal detecting. I never metal detected in my life. I go out and buy a metal detector so that I can metal detect with him. So that I can connect where he is, what he likes to do, to eventually have conversation and communication about Christ. Um, obviously, I, I feel like I have to throw this caveat in there. Nowhere am I endorsing a compromising of God's word and will and expectation of holy living in order to convert somebody or to teach somebody the gospel. And so the difference between communicating and connecting, I think there's a lot of good preachers out there who are excellent at communicating, not very good at connecting. And there's a lot of people that I know that are great at connecting that have trouble bringing in the conversation about Jesus into the communication. All right, so how's that? I mean, that's just kind of a summary of what this all things to all all people looks like for me. It is taking the, the experience I've had in persuasive communication and using it in the uh, capacity of evangelism and ministry but doing it with the, the, the necessary steps of connecting with people. So here, several things popped in my mind while you were talking. Uh, one of them right. is uh, that what you're dealing, uh, what you're really talking about here is the ability to use your influence to bring the attention to God instead of bringing the attention to yourself. I immediately thought the difference between communicating and connecting is humility. Most people who communicate but don't connect, they communicate from a position of authority or a Mm -hmm. position where they feel they are your teacher. They are Mm -hmm. better than you or higher than you, and therefore they need to tell you what you're supposed to think instead of connecting with you. 
Uh, and that's Excellent. what Paul is, is immediately, I mean, just directly talking about here. You know, to the weak, I became weak. Yeah. I, I didn't go, okay, well, you're weak. So let me, as a strong person, tell you what you need to do. He says, no, I just became weak. I became weak with them. Uh, and and that, that sense of humility is the same idea of, of influence. I also think it's important when I think the idea of connecting with people scares a lot of people. Yep. Um, when most, especially now as our culture is starting to live their lives behind a screen uh, and, and actual personal interaction is becoming less and less maybe common and uh, desired, we have to understand that to connect with people, we have to listen. And I think listening first, everyone has a story, Adam. Everyone has a story. And when I meet new people, that is how I break the ice. Tell me your story. Tell me your story. And the stories will sometimes shock you. Sometimes the stories won't be all that interesting. But you cannot connect with someone until you're able to listen to their heart, to listen to where they are, maybe why they're doing what they're doing, uh, why they live where they live, why they have the job that they have, why they're divorced, why they um, have chosen the path of drugs and alcohol, what, whatever it is. There's a reason why people are where they're at. I want to know that reason. And so I ask them, tell me your story. Yeah. Tell me your story. And listening is key to connecting. Right? The communication part will come. The opportunity to tell someone that Jesus loves them and died for them and that all they need to do is surrender their lives and submit to him. Um, that conversation, again, if you, if you don't ever have that conversation, you're not evangelizing. You're not teaching. Well, my all observation over the years has been that everybody is good at telling people. Few people are good at listening. And if you will take the uh, kind of the reins on the listening side of the conversation, eventually they will become listeners because of the influence that you gain. I like it. No, I think you're exactly right. We got to so listen. You, Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, have you read uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People? Years ago, I background? did. Years ago, I did. Yet yeah, my sales background, also the greatest salesman in the world. I yep. recommend that particular book to every preacher, every evangelist. Og Mandino has some incredible oh, stuff. So absolutely. Uh, and and I'll tell you, I got to the end of that book and I went, "What in the world? <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I don't want to give all? it away. I don't no, want to give away either, the but end. But man, the end of it was just incredible. So, yes. Uh, yes. But yeah, I mean, and and again. What, what I've always found interesting, I've, I have for years toyed with the idea of, of writing a Bible class material called How to Win Spiritual Friends and Influence People for God, and just take like all of those principles of that book and show how they, I mean, honestly, they all came straight out of the Bible, every they single did, yeah. one of them. And, uh, and they are the keys for learning how to go out and do exactly what you're talking about, which is be all things to all people. If you don't mind, I want to just kind of target in on the connecting piece Please. as I'm sitting here thinking about it. Uh, so, because I know that's hard for people, listening is a key point of that. It's critical. But when we do have the, the relationships we do have, whether it's the same person we see in the line at Starbucks 
uh, every morning or uh, the lady that, you know, takes our order at McDonald's. We don't really have a, I think we have a Starbucks and a Kroger here. I don't do Starbucks, but uh, our daily interactions with people, it's not just listening. It's it, the, the initial communication piece um, to get there. I think we have to be culturally sensitive and we have to shed the temptation to judge people. Um, those those two things are essential if we hope to have a a positive initial connection. Um, I just recently on Facebook shared the baptism of the Price family. So I connected with them when I opened the flea market right beside the church building. And uh, Samantha is tatted head to toe, wild, colorful hair, and probably, at least the way I grew up, the last person you think would want to hear about Jesus. We connected with their family, and then, I think it was six weeks later, we baptized Samantha, we baptized her husband Brad, and I think one of their children, and... The lack of, and that's something I've had to work on in me, Adam, to be honest, is, and, and I think God's done a fantastic job of shedding that in me, is the desire to judge up front whether someone is worth the time to connect with, okay? And and I think we would do well to shed the, the judgmental inclinations that we have, but also be sensitive to the culture. Connecting with people in downtown New York City is going to be different than connecting with people in rural Ross County, Ohio, or even in uh, Grenada. I did some evangelistic work in Grenada eight years ago. The being sensitive to the cultures of where you're at is is also a big part of that connection. So listening, shedding the judgmental uh, attitudes that we can often have, and being sensitive and understanding the cultural being culturally aware, that's probably the better way to say it. Being culturally aware of where we live. It's going to be different where you're at, maybe where than, than where I am at, and the things that we can connect with based on the surrounding culture. So let me add a, a an extra piece to that, which is I think we also need to be careful that we are not being easily judged ourselves. And what I mean by that is we live in a social media culture. And one of the first things that we do whenever we meet a new person is we go check them out on, on social media, partly <laughs> to, to make a continued connection, but partly because we recognize that a 10 minute interaction that might've been a great interaction in a store doesn't tell the whole story. That's and right. So we'll go look up who they are. You know, let's go. Uh, I search for them. Oh, there's their picture on Facebook. Oh, look at the stuff they post. Woo! I don't want to be friends with this person. You know, if yeah. the way we get uber political, the way we get judgmental, the way we get, uh, you know, talk ugly about people, mm-hmm. that can do incredible amounts of damage on our ability to be all things to all people. Yeah. If there's anyone that has. Um screwed up the all things to all people in my life. It's me. It's me. I'm the one who's messed up opportunities, have squandered opportunities. Um, Even in the process of connecting with people, 
uh, done things that shut that connection down. And I, we, I think when Paul says, uh, where was it? Um, I think it's the beginning about being a slave to everyone. Yep. Verse 19. Though I'm free and belong to no one, I've made myself a slave to everyone. That is when we take self and we hang it on a cross. We set it aside. And then we are a slave to that person for the sake of the gospel. Listen, I understand we're all different in personalities. And I connect with some personalities some senses of humor much more positively than I do others. I get that. I get that. And I think we, ha- I think there is, that's one of probably the beauty of the church is that we're all so different and that the personalities that we all have can be used in beautiful, diverse ways to connect with all people for the sake of the gospel. I'm not going to be able to connect with everybody. And I know that. And I think that's probably one of the for young preachers out there, probably one of the hardest things to come to grips with is that it may not be you that brings someone to Jesus. It may just not be you. Doesn't mean you can't, you can't try and do your best, but it may just be someone else and their personality and their ability to connect that helps draw that person closer to the cross. You know, uh, I start my day because I, I'm, I'm a tent-making preacher. I, have, uh, I own a business. All right, I'm an auctioneer. I have an auction house, um, and I have guys that work for me, and I love every one of them that work for me. And I, my prayer is in the morning when I start my day is help me shine. I I know that not every day I'm with the guys that I'm working with, and that they're going to be interested in any kind of spiritual conversation. But it's important that I remain identifiable and unique as a Christian in their presence, not laughing at certain jokes or praying before I eat my meal or doing things. And and to me in my prayers, that is that I may uh, shine to them, that they see the light of Christ in me, not me, but they see the beauty of Christ in me and the light of Christ in me and connecting with people. Again, I go back to that, that, idea, and I think that's what all things to all people is really about, is doing, setting ourselves aside so that we can connect with the lost. And in that connection, pray for opportunities to communicate the, the, the story of the gospel. So one of my, my favorite little snippets of this passage in chapter nine is Paul's statement about becoming a Jew. Because he is a Jew, <laughs> but he doesn't associate with the Jews because he, he's been set free from that. That's right. Yet he is willing to re-obligate himself to that in light of his relationship to the Jews, even though those Jews were so critical of him and persecuting mm-hmm. him and so ugly to him, yet he would still, even with all of those offenses, be willing to put his own personal feelings aside for the sake of winning some, you know, he, he does whatever it takes, even that. Uh, And I mean, how many of us are so easily offended by things? And then we, like you said earlier, we'll write people off because of their background or because of the way they look. 
or we'll write people off because they said that ugly thing about me years ago, or, you know, whatever the scenario is. And you don't see that from Paul. I mean, Paul very much has the attitude of there's nobody off limits to the gospel. But my other thing I want to point out here is, is uh, and I want to get your take on this. I think it'll be a simple answer, but I, I still want to hear you elaborate on it a little bit. There in verse 22 at the end, so that I may buy every possible means, say some. Exhausting every opportunity. Obviously, not compromising personal convictions and the word and will of God. But when you, at the beginning of that te- that context about becoming a slave to all, I just think that's directly connected to the end that it is just not about Dan DeGarmo. It's not about me. It's about me setting myself aside so that by all means, so that I, so that I exhaust every opportunity in order to bring someone to know Christ. So that I may, I think this is important, that I may share in its blessings. The blessings of what? The blessings of the gospel. What is the blessings of the gospel? Well, it's the forgiveness of sins. It's the beauty of the spiritual family we now belong to. It's the hope of eternal salvation. But I know for me, the blessings of what he's talking about in saving people is that the joy that I feel and the exhilaration that I experience in knowing that I played just a small part in helping a lost person come to know Jesus and surrender surrender their lives to Christ and are baptized, there's no greater joy than knowing you played the smallest part in connecting a lost soul to the blood of Jesus. And I think that is maybe what Paul's talking about in the sharing of the blessings of being able to save some people that we, we, we get, we say we had a part in that. And it's not about us, but the joy that we feel in knowing that we had a part in that. And we give, we give God praise for that, that he, he considered us worthy. He considered me worthy to communicate the message of salvation to someone who was lost. That's the job we're all given to get out there and communicate God's message to the lost. And I hope that the things you've heard today have been helpful in giving you the tools and the perspective on how to do that well, how to do it with passion, how to do it with a focus on people and the value of people as you become all things to all people. If this episode has been beneficial to you, please do share it with others. Let them be challenged to grow in their work of evangelism and in the sometimes difficult work of relating to people on their terms. If we can help you in some way, reach out to us. You can find us at preachimpediments.com or look for us there on Facebook. And we want to do what we can to help you to grow. If that means you give us a suggestion on a topic, we will do our best to handle that topic. And if that means us praying for you, we will pray for you. If that means a long conversation, we are excited to have a long conversation with you. Let us help you if you need help. Until next time, 